Welcome to the Shot of Espresso podcast, presented to you by Ray's Ramblings. Are you on a mission to be great? Because life is way too short to not make the most of it. My name is Ray Gardner, and I wanted this podcast to serve as a mirror, and for you to look in the mirror and hold yourself accountable to be the best version of yourself. Let's be great together. Let's get it, people. Yo, welcome to the Shada Espresso. All right, presented by Ray's Ramblers, and I'm here with my guy Spizank. Spank, uh, Spank, man, uh, tell them a little bit about yourself as far as where you, uh, where you started uh, athletically, because I know you play various amounts of sports, and, and where did you end up? Well, um, kind of like uh, my whatever sports career started, I grew up in New Hampshire. Okay. And uh, due to the weather, you're kind of limited to seasons. And uh, unlike Florida here, where you can pretty much play outside all year long, uh, up in New Hampshire, uh, you know, in the fall it was soccer or football. In the winter it was hockey. And in the springtime and summer was baseball. So I played all those sports growing up. I played tennis. I played uh, anything I could play. You played tennis? I loved it. Oh, yeah. no. What was your favorite sport out of the three? Hockey. Hockey. Hockey hockey was my favorite that I... Um, actually uh, was a better high school hockey player than I was a baseball player. Oh. But uh, ultimately, I went to college at the University of Lowell. It's now uh, UMass Lowell. Okay. Uh, about a half hour north of Boston. Uh, went uh, to go play hockey and baseball. Kind of burned out in hockey and uh, said, well, baseball's my sport. What about tennis? Uh, that's just a recreational thing. Okay. okay. You know, it was a, you know, it was a, just as a, as a kid. Anytime there was anything, you know, if I found a golf club, I'd swing the golf club. You know, uh, we had different bowling, as, as you've seen me play with with, with uh, regular bowling down here. I'm, I'm not very good at it. No. But we had a different uh, kind of bowling uh, up north uh, with the candle pins and yeah, yeah. You know, uh, different, total, <laughs> di- total different games. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I just loved everything about sports. Okay. All sports. And you know, um, you know, uh, I had the pleasure of training you, and uh, you taught me some valuable lessons, and we never really discussed it. So, like, uh, what from your perspective, what is an athlete, and what is the most important attribute that an athlete should have? Well, I, I think um, probably <clears throat> for all athletes, uh-huh. if you do not love what you're doing, you're doing something wrong. Okay. Um, as a kid. Yeah, you know, came from a single mom uh, family. Um, I rode my bike everywhere. Yeah. So if I wanted to go play baseball, you know, my mom was working. I I got got on my stingray, and and rode to it, and and uh, and then graduated to a uh, like a ten speed as as I got a little bit older. But I was riding anywhere between five and fifteen miles uh, a day, going back and forth to either baseball practice or or something like that. Um, so. You know that's a, that's probably the biggest thing. I loved okay. what I did, and then you know as far as your your drive, okay. and and I've always felt that if you drive yourself, um, as as far as motivation wise, that's always worked best as a coach and as a player. I could have someone coaching me up or training me like you did, and I love the structure of it. But if it wasn't coming from inside, I wasn't going to be as good as I could be. Okay. All right. So, like, uh, as we talk about, like, the mental drive, right? So, like, 
My favorite story. So uh, I trained Spanky. So I got two stories that was that goes in and there. First off, he the he the first person I ever trained, and the dude told me no. So we on the we on the bike, <laughs> we on the bike, and uh, we doing this interval training where you go super hard for twenty seconds and you got a ten second break, and it's about uh, it lasts three minutes, uh, so uh, basically it's thirty seconds. So um, he did the first four and he thought it was gonna be it, so it was him and uh, and our boy Cap, and they both on the bike and they did day four and they both looking at me dead. And I'm counting, I said, five, four, three, two, go! And they was like, they just stared at me. And I said, go! And they just stared at me. And then he said, what'd you say? Um, I think I said my my goal just went. Uh, (laughs) There was nothing left in the tank. And uh, according to my recollection, uh, we were supposed to do two minutes, and we were on our fourth minute, so we were already like past. Um, you, you you've been known to stretch the truth a little bit when you're training, folks. Uh, we caught on to you, and like I said, we it wasn't like we were dogging it. Yeah, it, yeah. it was just nothing left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was funny because we both stopped at the same time. It wasn't planned. Yeah, we didn't know what was going on, but it was just like, dude, there's nothing left. Nothing left. Nothing left. And I'm like, go, and they I, said, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. No, yeah. we, we done. <laughs> Never yeah, had him do yeah, it. Hey, hey, Ray, scream louder because we can still hear you. Yeah. Okay, but there's nothing we can do about it. So, like, and the, my favorite story of all time and something that I learned, and that's why I asked you uh, what's the number one characteristic of a, a, a athlete is uh, the mental part. So we had a bet, a $500 bet, that um, that you wouldn't stop drinking for what was it? Four months? Um, it, no, it was actually just from um, uh, forty days for Lent. Forty days, and and um, ended up uh, doing I don't know fifty five days, sixty yeah. days, something like that. Yeah, um, and and you know that that whole thing. Um, um, again, it's it's from your inner drive, and I know once I put myself to something, I'm gonna achieve it. Mm-hmm. And you know everybody knows me. I'm, Pretty social cat, you know. Super I social. I go out and I enjoy myself, and I, I I'll have a beer and yeah. enjoy it. Man, I love being with friends. Yeah. Um, but I went out and I was enjoyable having water with friends. Yeah. And 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 uh, unsweet teas, and and part of it was was the motivation was was uh, to get myself healthier. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, you know, we had a little uh, we had a little uh, bet on this thing. And there wasn't any way that I'm going to lose. Yeah. That's, that's you know, everybody here's refused to lose. That that was me. Yeah. I, I, I don't care if it was Candyland against the kids. Um, <laughs> I must have turned over the board a couple times. Yeah. When things weren't going my way or shoots and ladders and kept hitting the wrong thing. And, yeah. You know, but that's, uh, and that was, I was always like that even as a kid. And I, I don't consider myself a poor sport. But I didn't like to lose, okay. And and that's a motiv- highly motivating factor when you go into a competition that you're going in to win, not to do good, yeah. Or not to not embarrass yourself. Mm. Oh, I go into every competition to win. Um, the first time uh, that I got into the city championship, uh, a golf. You know, I had never played any competitive golf uh, in any tournaments I played a bunch with guys uh, you know at clubs but I went in t- to win 
Well, I got beat uh, in a playoff and uh, shot four under par the second day to get in the playoff. But, you know, I was like, well, yeah. I, everybody's like, whoa, dude, you did really well. Well, I expected to. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, the training part, the mental toughness of, of, again, being able to achieve your goals because you put your goal in front of everything else. There's no excuses. We've talked about this. You know, excuses, uh, you know, everybody's got a built-in excuse. When you quiet that excuse that's already built in, mm, not feeling that good today. Or, you know what, that other guy's really too good. Or, gee whiz, our team isn't quite as good. Whenever you've <clears throat> given up that already, ah, you've already lost. Mm. You may end up winning yeah. just because you might be superior. But for me, you know, that part of it has always been constant since I was a kid. I played everything to win. Mm. So what's the for you, what's the difference between... Uh, or is it a difference between playing to win and uh, playing not to lose? Well, playing not to lose is, to me, is is more of saving face, ah, of yeah. looking good. Okay. Um, you know, I, I I'm not a pretty guy. I'll, I'll admit it. You know, but I can tell you this. Okay, I wasn't worried about looking good on the field or on the ice hockey rink. I was worried about achieving ah. and that was the number one thing uh, and I tell the kids that I work with now as guys get the job done it might not be pretty we all want to have the best golf swing mm-hmm. we want to ha- all have the best stroke in in, in bowling mm-hmm. we all want to have you know good forehand backhand and tennis but you know what you play to your strengths that helps you achieve your goals and that's a big thing is recognizing those strengths and playing on those strengths to help you rather than worrying about weaknesses. Mm. Tell us a little bit about your journey to get to the major leagues. Well, I, uh, when I was a senior in high school, I had gotten a couple of phone calls from the Blue Jays and the Red Sox asking me if, uh, if they drafted me if I'd sign. So I had a thought you know, that I was going to turn pro and go to the minor leagues right out of high school. Well, never did get the phone call, never get drafted. But I was, you know, willing and, and, and really happy to go to college to, um, you know, play. And uh, same thing happened. After my junior year, I was eligible for the draft. And three or four teams called, look, we don't want to waste a draft pick if you're not going to sign. And I said, yeah, I'm ready to, I'm, I'm ready to go. Okay. Guys, I'm through with college. You know what, I've achieved nearly nothing in college except getting better at sports. Okay. Um, let's just say I wasn't the best student. Okay. I, I went there as one of the best students. Okay. That got sidetracked. And I'm thankful that I had the athletic ability uh, to get me through it. I did just enough to get um, to, to stay eligible. Okay. Um, but, uh, again, the, here's my junior year. I'm going down uh, Cape Cod League, uh, which is a fabulous summer baseball league. Uh, and... Um, Figured I was just going to be there for a week or so, get the phone call, I get drafted, and then go to whoever drafted me, go to their uh, minor league team, and you know start start my professional career. <clears throat> well, no phone call again. <laughs> so so now it's like, well, you know, there's worse things that that can happen to being down to Cape Cod during the summertime yeah. and playing baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's it's a fun place. <laughs> right? And I was like, well, you know what, I it disappointed. 
Heck yeah, man! Yes. I was I was I was crushed. Okay. Uh, especially with the expectations and the phone calls that I had gotten, but they you know chose that I wasn't drafted. Um, went about my business and um, was having a, a, a real a good time uh, down at the Cape on and off the field. Okay. Uh, and uh, one night, uh, one of the Philly scouts was there. I, uh, I ended up going like four for six, homer, a couple doubles, made a couple good plays at third base. He talks to me afterwards. He says, hey, look, they're looking for somebody. You know, the, basically what he says, looking for a body that we can put in a ball. Yeah, yeah. All right, they can handle it, and you know they can't necessarily put a high school kid there. You know they wanted a, a, a college kid, and uh, he says, "Well, I'm going to watch a game tomorrow." So all the guys, you know, on the team, going, you know, hey, you know, this is the big deal. Yeah, yeah. And the, the next day, I think it went three for four or four for four. Oh. And and um, and you know just had real good game, um, and I, you know I really never felt the pressure because I'm thinking, well, is this guy just talking or is he really up to it so we talk after the game he says uh let's go grab a bite to eat uh i want to sign you so uh, i was like cool so um uh, we lived in a little little (laughs) little dive place (laughs) Uh, me and two other guys and right across the parking lot was a chinese restaurant okay and um we meet there and it's like hey you know my place is right here across the parking lot you know let's meet there so He's talking to me, and he he, uh, he offers me a thousand dollars to sign, you know. And at we, that point, we, is that, is that big money to you? Thousand bucks? Yeah, yeah. I'm making fifty dollars a week or something. Oh, you know, see, yeah, yeah. Thousand <laughs> bucks, and like, well, I, I really can't say no. I want it. That's what I want to do. Yeah, you know. But I, uh, being the astute businessman I was, I held out. I says, no, I can't sign for that. Oh. And he goes, uh, all right, well, all I can give you is 3000 And I go, where's the paper? <laughs> <laughs> so so $3,000 investment by the Phillies. They get a, you know, kid that's, you know, that I, I could hit. That's, uh, that's the one thing I could do. Okay. Um, but I played third base at the time. And I uh, signed with Spartanburg, South Carolina, and um, played – now 38 out of 40 games that were left in the season. Um, and after the season was over, the scout called me and says, hey, great news, they're going to invite you to spring training. Wow. And I said, well, that's awesome, you know, because at a $3,000 investment, they can just, hey, let you go and say, yeah. you know, we can find somebody much better for you, much better than you, um, but they liked what they saw. Um, but they <laughs> had a, had a, a, a little... Um, Little something to that to that comment where they invite you to spring training, and that was, I was going to have to learn how to catch, and so I asked the I asked the scout I go, well, you know I was pretty good at third I made two errors in forty games, um, as is do do I you know, really have to catch, and he goes well um, if you don't want to learn how to catch you can just stay home and go find yourself. Uh, a, a job and carry a lunch pail. So you didn't you didn't play catcher no, in college. I, no, I was a shortstop and and third baseman. I had I had never caught caught a little bit in little league, um, but wow. not all through high school, college. Never caught. Before. So major leagues was the first time you ever. Well, in the minor leagues. Okay, minor leagues. Yeah. Okay. So my first spring training, um, you know, I I showed up to spring training in 1982. Signed in July 81, 1982, and they made me catcher. So here I am, Clearwater, Florida, with the Phillies, 21 years old. It's spring break time. 
I mean, life is good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, life is real good. And um, the only problem was is I had no idea about conditioning myself for a catcher. Ah, uh, okay. So for about the first week, I could barely walk home because I had to be there early for extra work, had to stay late for extra work, plus they were giving me extra work during uh, our spring training okay. uh, days of catching extra guys because I had to catch up. Well, uh, ended up where I ended up making the next high e-ball team. Uh, Darren Dalton, who was a star, uh, a big all-star with the Phillies, uh, he and I went up uh, through the minor leagues together with the Phillies. Uh, he was a starting guy. I was the backup guy. And so I got promoted to high A-ball, and this is the first time I had ever caught. Wow. So I made some mistakes. Okay. Uh, I learned a bunch of things. Um, but the biggest thing was, you know, repetitions. Okay. I needed to play more. Okay. Um, had a pretty good year. Like you said, my bat did enough for me, and I was learning enough defensively to where it warranted I would get promoted again next year to double A. Okay. And that's probably the biggest jump for all professional players, usually starting rookie ball, which I was lucky enough didn't have to go through. Then usually a low A a high A, and then it's double A. And now in double A, there's only one double A team per organization. Okay. One triple A team per organization, and then the big leagues. And with all the rookie ball and A ball teams, most of these organizations have six to eight teams. And so now you funnel down to one double A team. Okay. So I get promoted. Have a real nice year. Uh, was working out, expecting to be promoted again the next year to AAA because they didn't have any catchers left. And uh, last day of spring training, they made a trade for a guy, and they bumped me back to AA. And that was probably the lowest point at that point because uh-huh. um, you don't want to go to the same league or the same city you know, that you were in the year before because that means you're not making progress. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So same thing happened with, you know, same head coach that I had, and we have a nice long talk. Uh, we're in Reading, Pennsylvania at the Boosters dinner that they have annually, and so now this is my second Boosters dinner, which I'm, I'm just crushed. Yeah. I'm bummed. I'm as bad. And that, that head coach, uh, the manager, um, he says, uh, look, <clears throat> just uh, have a good year. They're going to make you coach next year. Just, you know, just go about your business. The organization likes you. And I said, well, don't you think I can make it to the big leagues? He goes, nah, you know what, you might have a chance, but if you do, you you won't play hardly at all. Um, you, just, you just don't have the tools. And it's like, well, you know, thanks for your – you know, your, your bluntness, really. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, it all was right, well, well, you know what? Not that I needed extra motivation, but I got off to a tremendous start. Okay. Um, I was, again, the backup because they had seen some phenom that they were highly uh, motivated about. And so I was his backup, but I was I was DHing a bunch and then catching. So I was pretty much playing all the time. Okay. I ended up making the Eastern League All-Star team wow. as the as a backup, but I was like made it as a hitter. Yeah, yeah. Well, when Darren Dalton got hurt in AAA, they called me up in in July instead of their phenom. 
Wow. I figured I had enough. You know, I was I was more ready for that than yeah. he was. Yeah. Played a month and a half and just went off. It was. I mean, just hit, <laughs> I, hit 320. Hit oh. like six homers in, in a month and what? a half. This is Pitch, in the big leagues. No, this is in Triple A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Portland, Oregon. Okay. And um, in the Pacific Coast League, in the notorious hitters league. It's a, but you know, it just I went off, and I ended up getting called up to Philadelphia in September 1984. Wow. So yeah, they made me catcher in '82. I made it to Philadelphia in '84. So it was obviously the right career move to. Move from third base to catch. Yeah, but you know there was there was there was highs and lows, you know, and the lows were real low, but you know just it, it wasn't enough to, you know, detract me from what I felt that um, I could do. Um, so uh, you retired, man. So um, I mean, how does that feel? I mean, I know, like you you said something that that I never thought about, uh, and I think kids never thought think about it because from zero to Thirty years old, they only playing sports. Like they doing these things, so they they can't even think about you. You live to sixty. How old are you now, Spain? I just turned sixty. Sixty, right? So you already been you you already been playing. I mean, re, I mean, you already been not playing sports more than you have, you know. And uh, and that's that's hard to think about when you are twenty four and you only been playing sports your entire life. So uh, what is retirement like? Well, you know, I think um, at true retirement, I'm not there. Okay. You know, um, do I have to go somewhere every day? No. But I have still have motivations. Yeah. Um, part of my belief system is to pass on what you've learned. If you haven't passed on what you've learned, um, you have not done yourself or anyone around you. Preach! Uh, yeah. I mean, that's just... That's what you got to be. I mean, that's just, um, I think I'll always be involved with teaching. Okay. Um, it's, it becomes really difficult when parents decide that, you know, that uh, um, they want to become too involved. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, I, and I, you know, don't want to say this in any derogatory manner at all, but, you know, we all have our professions in life. Mm -hmm. um, be a pro at what you do. You know, if you're a doctor, great. Mm -hmm. If you're a plumber, great. Mm -hmm. Electrician, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, social worker, be that as good as you can and keep your expertise to that. Okay. My expertise was baseball. Another coach that may be coaching, you know, somebody, you know, his expertise, he may be an attorney. Mm -hmm. That's whenever, you know, your dad or your mom or somebody has to trust the coach yeah. to where, you know what, especially whenever, like, all these travel ball teams, guys get hired. You hired this guy for a reason or this gal for a reason. Let him or her coach. Okay. You support your child as best you can. When you think of it, if you're in charge of, of a group of people, a boss at a corporation, let's say just 15 people, and they have 15 different voices that they have to hear, you're not going to have that one thing that they're going to need and that cohesiveness and everything um, um, being able to be simplified. Everything gets clouded with all the different messages. So now you've got a team of your team and just say their parents have decided, well, 
you know, I don't want you to do your balance sheet this way. I want you to do it this way. But you, as 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 the the boss, hey, I want your balance sheet to do like this. Yeah. Well, you know, whenever they're getting input from somewhere else, now your team is a mess. Yeah. Because the input they're getting. Uh-huh. I just wish parents would give the latitude to the coaches that they deserve. Yeah. At all times in volunteer sports, everybody's always looking for coach. Mm-hmm. Hey, we, we, you know what? We need a coach. We 100%. need a coach. You know what? That coach, his expertise might not be the best. Especially, you know, in Little League, a lot of volunteer moms and dads. Yeah. Okay? But you know what? They volunteer. It's their team. You know what? Next year, you want you, <laughs> yeah. you want to have something to say? Uh, hey, when they're looking for volunteers, raise your hand yeah. and you run the team the way you want. Yeah. And that's, that's a, you know, it's a that's really fair. sticky point for me because even now at the college level, you know, I've got, I get a little pushback from the kids. Well, my catching coach wants me to do it this way. And I was like, well, you know, I understand, okay, but I'm giving you my experience of what I've gone through. I was your age once, okay? I went through the big leagues. I've now been coaching for 25 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got a really good idea of what it takes. Mm -hmm. What's, you know, just because you played in big leagues doesn't make you a good coach. Is understanding and being able to, to connect with that player. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Okay, but you know, if if you're out there and and you're getting different advice, you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. You got to be on the same page with whoever's in charge. And you know, I, I worked at a community center so uh and a lot of people asked me to coach this team or that team in the high school level uh I mean, I or collegiate for me, it just it's too much politics in it. Um, I like I'm a trainer by trade because I don't have to deal with the politics. At the end of the day, I'm I'm responsible for making you stronger and in, in good condition. So essentially, I'm I'm building the foundation uh, for your success. But I'm not responsible for if you can shoot, if you can hit, uh, if you can catch uh, your reaction time. Somewhat for that. Uh, but nevertheless, like I get the opportunity to solely do my job without anybody critiquing it or saying anything. Unfortunately, as a coach, like you said, it's twenty seven coaches out there. Nobody volunteered though. Yeah, you know. And uh, so I, I mean, I coach every uh, the flag football league in the winter time. I'm oh, only, by the way, last week you weren't very good. I was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we won in one though. We gonna see you at the end of the hey. season. Yeah, yeah. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, I ain't retired unlike you. <laughs> so like, um, I know, I know, family is really big to you and really important. And uh, you're a newfound grandfather. Uh, Congratulations on that. So, how does it how does it feel? Does is it a difference between having uh, your kid and grandkid? Like, what's what's well, that experience like? Yeah, you know what? It's 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 a little different because the responsibilities are a little different. Okay. At the end of the day, I, I give my grandson back to my daughter. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was no giving him back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> again with, with my four children, um, I, I I think the love is uh, the love is the love. Yeah. Uh, your family is. Is what everything is, uh, you know. Every, every, everything's based on the love um, that you have with your family. That's your support system. Mm-hmm. You know, when things get down and, and and you get in the dumps, if you've got a good support system, you get through those, uh, you know, those days 
um, and and um, you, you're able to to overcome that. And that's where you know a lot of problems happen is when you don't have a good support system. Those days in the dumps last a long time, and you okay. know, and that's it's always been, you know, I've I've got great kids, you know, I've got great family, I've got great friends. Mm-hmm. It's just a tremendous uh, support system. Um, I don't need it quite as much now that there's not so much on the line right now. Yeah, I get to enjoy myself a whole lot being grandpa. Yeah, you know where yeah. you know the responsibility. Yeah, I'm going to help raise him. You know, he's going to get some grandpa uh, yeah. <laughs> advice. Uh, he's going to be a cool kid. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he'll be a cool kid. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, ultimately, it's um, you know that 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 uh, that clan that uh, and I, I I I you're my clan. Yeah. Um, my family and friends are the most important to me. So what's the time where like because um, the the baseball schedule is three sixty five. I mean you it's. I mean, because even in the off season, I mean, you really got to prepare yourself mentally and physically to get back. So, what's a particular time that you can think of where you needed your family the most and they came through? Well, you, uh, you know, any time that there was, uh, you, you know, and and I don't think there was one thing here and there. We talked okay. about some of my, you know, high points, low points. Yeah. Yeah. When you're low points, I mean, yeah, you know, just having the support there that helps. Um, but you know, just the the knowing that they're there for you. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the most important. Uh, you know, I, I, I used to absolutely love the two or three days that it took me. I'd drive back from, like, Pittsburgh to, to Florida after the season was over. Just me in a car. Could have flown. That's a, that's a but, long but, drive. But, but, you know, it, I took two days. And, and fly, and, man. You was getting money, and, dog. And, and it was you? two days of peace. Uh-huh. And, 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 and then okay. whenever I got home, now it was all about the kids. And I used to take a month and a half, two months off. Okay. That it doesn't From happen as much. Yeah. Wouldn't pick up a ball. Okay. You know, and I'd, I'd, I'd start up uh, 1st of December and go real hard until the middle of February, getting ready for spring training. But October, November, those were my months. Okay. And that was my downtime. That was time for my body to replenish, my mind to replenish. And for me to enjoy my family, mm-hmm. that's that's what that was. I, that that was the, you know, that was the uh, the dessert for all of the vegetables. You know, yeah. that you had to eat. Yeah, 100%. you know, the, you know, putting food on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, your job. You know, then I had two months to just being able to, you know, of course I was once I got to the big leagues, um, I was making six hundred dollars a month. In the minor leagues, yeah. So, 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 I, so in the, in the off season, uh, October, November, yeah, I, I was working as security guard or anything else I could possibly yeah. do to, to uh, again make uh, make ends meet because mm-hmm. you know it was just different. But fortunately enough, like you said, in the, get to the big leagues. Hey, yeah, you, know, you got uh, you know, you get a chance to you got a cushion. Uh, yeah, you get a chance to enjoy a couple months of yeah. downtime. Yeah, and that's where uh, these guys don't do that nowadays. Yeah, and their workout regimens are so strict. And to me, um, the guys get wound too tight. Okay. they get a little bit too strong for their their tendons, yeah. and that's where you're seeing a lot of injuries. tendon tendon uh, injuries. Is the guys? And to me, they're overtrained. Yeah, you know, you know, relax, go to the beach. Yeah, you know. Go play some golf. Drink a couple beers with your buds. Yeah. You know, you don't have to train, you know, 24-7, 365. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's and that's where like you said the, the the mental aspect of that. I needed that because I relied so much on my brain once I was working. Yeah, that I needed to have that two months of free time. Yeah, yeah. So like I got two things, and uh, I can't let us get off without talking about one of them. It's one of my favorite stories. So like you a competitive guy. So like whether um, it's baseball, hockey. I mean, unfortunately, I seen you get destroyed in their, uh, a beer chugging contest. Destroy Spank. I mean, honestly, I would have put everything on you. So thank God I ain't put nothing on you. It was embarrassing, Spank. I want you to know that. Yeah, I, I, I'm still, uh, still feeling the effects. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, it goes back to my point of overtraining. Yeah. Um, I. <laughs> I I, I had uh, trained a little bit too hard that day yeah. <laughs> before the competition start, and I didn't have much left once uh, once it happened. But I was also going against uh, a six foot ten refrigerator. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. I, I, even in my best day, I don't I don't think yeah. Big Andy. I don't think I could take Big Andy. No, you ain't have a chance. <laughs> so like on the time where you was prepared, uh, you play golf a lot now, uh, and and I heard from the streets. Uh, that the streets of Ironwood, that, that you're not a bad golfer. So uh, tell us about the the one time you played against uh, the all-time great and all-time competitor, uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, so spring training 1995, Michael Jordan, uh, as everyone knows, decided he was going to try his hand at baseball. And, um, you know, us you know, professional baseball players at the time were like, all right, this is going to be a circus, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what, Mike was cool, and yeah. and I tell you, what, he worked his butt off. Uh, he was there six thirty in the morning working out with the hitting coach. I mean, he was. I mean, he went after. It was serious. This when you was at the White Sox. Yeah, this is when I was. So with you the White would Sox. see him. Yeah. So 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 now you know, in, in with the White Sox time, we get Frank Thomas was there, Bo Jackson. Ooh. You know, oh no, Adam Bo wasn't there, um, but. Uh, you know, you get you you, you get MJ and and um, and then you get Spike. And, and so uh, yeah, he's a so uh, <laughs> so I knew that he enjoyed playing golf, and so I at the time belonged to a a club in Sarasota. I said, hey Mike, come on out and play some golf with us. And we've got a good game, uh, you know, uh, out there. A lot of good players, uh, and you know, every now and then we'll you know have a little private wager. Yeah. Uh, so once I said that, he was locked in. And so he we, bet we, big, we, though. Oh, man. yeah, yeah. well, yeah. And um, so he comes out, and, and he says, it's a two handicap. And at the time, I was a four. And he, and so he goes, well, Spank, I'll give you one aside. I said, Mike, you know what? This is this is my home golf course. I've got the advantage here, even though, you know what? Uh, I'll give you one aside. He goes, oh, I ain't taking no shots from you. It's all right. We'll play even up. Okay. So What's one aside? Uh, that means I'll, I'll give him um, one shot on the highest handicap hole on the front side, one shot on the highest handicap hole on the second side. Okay. So so if, if we both make a four and he gets a shot, that means he gets a three, I get a four, he wins that hole. Okay. okay. So, so that's how that works. Gotcha. So uh, we end up playing even up. So at the end of the day, I, I play with him, and he finishes off. He hits a two iron into the eighth, uh, our 18th hole. Is playing dead in the wind. It's like 450, and he knocks about three feet, makes birdie. Well, that saved him well, maybe a couple hundred bucks because <laughs> because I kicked his ass, and uh, <laughs> and so afterwards, you know, I'm not I, I don't talk much trash. 
You don't? I don't. No, okay. not, no, especially on the field. Okay. Or on the golf course. I no. I let my I let my actions, but I kind of was kind of pretty proud of myself and went up to Mike. And I says, um, "How does it feel that a short, fat, bald white guy just kicked the greatest athlete's ass?" <laughs> And he chuckled and laughed, and he was great about it. Uh, I got a, I, a, one of my favorite, uh, you know, things uh, that I that I have. I've got a picture of Mike and I, and it's at McKechnie Field. And, right, for real. Uh, and uh, during spring training, and uh, so it's got a uh, like a, a microphone, you know, on a big boom that they're trying to get in on our conversation. And so we're talking stuff, and and they take the picture. Well, I get the picture, and the microphone is positioned as. The angle is that it's kind of like, like looking like it's in his butt. Yeah, yeah. Right, and um, so um, I have him sign it. Hey, Spanky, could you tell him to take that microphone out of my ass? <laughs> so I get that picture at my house. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Uh, last thing I always wanted to uh, always want to leave with something that's really important, and it's like what I like to hear from everybody is uh, when people think of. Spanky, when everything is all said and done, uh, what is the legacy you want to live around, leave around for the world to benefit from? Um, you know, I think um, I think the loyalty and trust. I'm a loyal guy, and what I say is what I do. My word is my word, and that's um, I've always tried to live up to that. And to me, that's probably one of the best things. You know what? That you know, I say what how I say it. I mean it every time I say it, and there's no games. Mm. So, but yeah, you know, if, if you're my friend, you're my friend for life. And that's just, you know, that's how I roll. That's uh, how I sleep at night. I sleep good at night, you know, but that's something that I know that friends on me, uh, friends of mine, they can call me anytime. Hey, I need some help, Spank, or I can do the same. Hey, you know what? Hey, you get you get some time. I need some help. And that's that's my inner circle of, of friends and family. That's that's how I want to be remembered. You can count on me. And that's awesome, man. I will say, uh, not because you're here. It's, I would describe you the same way. I originally started as your trainer, but now we just really close friends. And I know that if I ever needed you for anything, anything, don't matter what it was, whether it's just somebody to talk to or something like that, not only would you be there in a second, you would be there and give me your full attention and, and you help me out and and you know the special part of Spank that I don't say a lot is like not only would you help me out, but if you seen me struggling and I didn't reach out and I probably needed some help or, or something like that, you cognitive enough and, and um to notice that. Well, yeah, and yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I always yeah, appreciate that. I, I I I've been in a couple times in the train with you, and you yeah. had the old boo-boo lips. You know, yeah. you're, you're there step, <laughs> stepping on your bottom lip, and I had to kind of kick you in the butt a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. You know, hey, you know, Ray's having a bad day. You know, let's see what I can do to, yeah. you know, kind of brighten that up a little yeah. bit for him. Yeah. No, I appreciate yeah. it, Spank, man. Uh, I love you. We're going we to be playing more of these. Thank you for listening to the Ray's Ramblings podcast. I hope it brought you value this week. If it did, Make sure you subscribe and follow Ray's Ramblings on social media. If you want the key points, bonus materials from this episode and future episodes, head over to raysramblings.com slash podcast and sign up for the Ray Club. 
you'll also get special perks, early access, and weekly motivation sent directly to your inbox, people. All of it for free. Just by signing up for the Rate Club at raiserhymns.com slash podcast. Again, thanks for listening, people. Have a great week and be the best version of yourself.